Hey everybody and welcome to the Sunny 16 podcast. This is show, I think, 134. It's, um, it's a big number, isn't it? Anyway, um, uh, we have got a, a great show for you this week. Uh, really looking forward to the conversation with our super special guest. Uh, but first of all, um, uh, Rach, how are you doing? I'm good. Not too bad. I am here under a blanket fort tent <laughs> currently at the moment, uh, trying to make sure that the uh, audio isn't too echoey because uh, I'm in the middle of uh, more house renovations. So there's no curtains up and no rugs down or anything. And it's surprising how much of a an, a, an echo you end up with uh, mm. when there's no soft furnishings. So, uh, yeah, as you mentioned off the call before, if I suddenly cut out halfway through, send an ambulance. Yes, we <laughs> don't wish it. I've been smothered by the blanket. Yes, um, uh, good. Are the gates at the bottom of the driveway of Brewster Towers unlocked so the ambulance can get in? <laughs> we'll, we'll work it out. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, good to hear. Good to hear from you. And yes, give us a, give us a nod quickly if you find yourself suffocating on the audio podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, well, and we also have here with us this week Graham as well. Hey, I'm here. Hurrah! And I maybe sound slightly less than I did last week. So that's you nice. do actually. You do. You sound an awful lot more healthy than you did last week. Um, but you did. You did amazingly to uh, to run the show last week with all the prep that you did. Have you done a significant amount of prep for this week's show? Well, the things that are very much in my head at the moment from our conversation pre hearing record are one: the fact that the Welsh for microwave is. Pop TP, <laughs> which I've only um, just learned, and that is amazing. I find it difficult to believe. It may well be true, but that doesn't mean it's any less easy to believe. <laughs> uh, you know what? You know what? Listen, Rachel sold us a bill of false goods here. I've literally just googled this. It's not the no. Welsh. Of We've all been lied to. But listen, listeners, uh, I think we should all just stick to the fact that my, let's say that microwave is pop TP. So, I mean, who is the one with the GCSE in Welsh? on this podcast <laughs> yeah yeah that might be me <laughs> that was before they invented microwaves though rach so it's okay <laughs> <laughs> I, I am very I'm, I'm just looking down here um and it's got a, a list of i'm probably this is the worst thing looking at google when you've just got it does have on here the longest welsh name which i'm going to do now for everyone's enjoyment it is so there you go welsh yesi boom oh that is, that is very impressive railway station Yes, it is. Well, it's the village with a railway station. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah okay. Well, they, yes, it'd be a long name for a railway station if there was no village there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Just in would. the middle of nowhere, we've invented a railway station. Okay, there, 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 there is a, a, a link to Wales, I think, isn't there, for our show this week? But I'll tell you what I'm going to do now. I'm going to introduce our super special guest because he's been waiting patiently while we talk all this nonsense at the start of the show. <laughs> so, it's his fault. It's well, shh. Anyway, we're gonna we're going to delve, I am sure, into into the history of our guest uh, today because uh, because <laughs> it's just going to be so much fun. But first of all, I'd like to start off with the present. So I would like to introduce to you all, dear listeners, uh, our super special guest for today. It is a Duncan Gammon of the Silverpan Film Lab. Hi, Duncan. Hello. Hi there. All right. <laughs> I'm very well, thank you. Yes. How are you, sir? Oh, not too bad. I'm good. Excellent. Well, glad to have you on the show. Good to talk. To, good to talk to you. And uh, I guess first of all, I think a personal thanks. Uh, you have uh, personally, I think, because uh, I think that's what I know about how your business works at the moment. Um, uh, processed and scanned uh, all my Christmas photos that I took. Is that right? I think so. And I don't think I realised it was you until right at the end. Of the <laughs> I recognise that name. <laughs> well, you know, some of us, uh, yeah, some of us just have names from the past or crazy stage names. You know, Aid might not be my real name. I don't know. <laughs> it might be Lord something. I don't know. Oh, maybe, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so thank you very much for doing that. And uh, and uh, yeah, and um, from that, we, uh, we you did recognise and you sent me a, an email. I thought, you know what? We really should get you on the show to say hi. Um, and because the, the, I, I am intrigued, right? We can talk about all sorts of yeah. stuff today, but actually I am really intrigued by how it is one comes to start a photography lab in 2018 because you only started very recently, didn't you? Yeah, no, absolutely. I've, I've been um, in business since April 2018. So not quite a year, not even a year yet. And how's so, it going? How's it going? 
it's going remarkably well, actually. I, I, I was surprised, you know, uh, when I started it up, I thought, well, this could be, you know, just short term thing. I wonder if this is going to work out. And but it's it's grown really quite well. And down, thanks to the Internet, really, I think, and social media and things like that. Um, but I'm getting a steady flow of filming, which is great. Oh right, so so okay, so I I for me right, I I'm uh, as as you may know from listening to previous shows, I suppose. But uh, <laughs> yes. if if it, if it is indeed that you listen, but I, I oh. I'm I'm almost always interested in the entrepreneurial stuff, right? Because I've I've yeah. had a few businesses myself, and you know I operate with a small independent business at the moment, as as do Rach and Graham. But I'm always interested in how it is that people get these ideas. Did you wake uh, and and then how it is that you choose to follow through on them? You know all of that sacrifice an investment that you have to make to start a new business um and i i, I just have to ask i don't, can't think of any other way to ask this but how, yeah. uh, what what on earth possessed you <laughs> to start <laughs> a photography <laughs> to start a photography lab in 2018 i know it sounds a bit crazy doesn't it um <laughs> I, I think what it was is is about uh, two years ago um I, I was left a little bit of money, um, unfortunately, by my, my grandparent who died. Um, and I had a bit of money. And I've, I've, I've loved photography for ever, ever since my teenage years. I've always been into to film and I've always developed film and messing around in the dark room. But I've, I've never had the equipment myself. And uh, it just a little light went off in my head. I thought, oh, maybe I could get, you know, something like a Jobo or and, and you know, just start doing it doing it myself that'd be you know a really good thing to do um you know because i've done color in the past in in patterson tanks and things like that but i thought oh i could get the equipment and then once i'd made the investment i just realized hang on there's there's probably a market for this because with the with the bigger labs and that you know some of them closing down and just the resurgence that was coming in film uh, that i'd seen coming for you know about the past five years I just thought, oh, now the time is right. Uh, I thought, oh, I could give this a go and start offering these processes to uh, to the general public. Right, and so that was the, the the germ of the idea that became the Silver Pan Film Lab. Then, yeah, yeah. All right, so so it was, okay. So so there's the idea phase, right? And I, I like the sound. It shows, shows dedication and uh, possibly a little uh, craziness, but a good way. <laughs> yeah. Right? So, so what's the next step then? How is it that so you've got you've got some kit then? I suppose so that that you've bought, uh, you know, just I guess, was that sufficient, or did you did you have to go out and invest in more and, and to get started commercially? Well, I think what was um, what really spurred it on is because until now, I mean, your only options have really been for like the home user has been home processing in, in tanks and trying to control the temperature or, you know, the really big mini lab machines like your Naritsu's and uh, Frontiers and things like that, which obviously take, you know, 40 gallons, 40 litres of chemicals in one go and a, a big industrial machines. Um, but I'd heard about this uh, machine that was hand built in Germany called the Filmomat. I don't know whether you've uh, come across that before. I, I haven't. I don't know whether Rachel Graham are there, but they're closer to some of these things than I am. No, no, never come across no, that. Good not name, come though, across the it. Where, where was it from? Sorry, Duncan. Uh, it's um, a guy. A guy built some uh, called Lucas Fritz uh, builds them in Germany. Mm. It's called the Filmomat, and it's kind of it's like an improved Jobo, um, I would say. So it's quite it's it's a, it's a small machine. Um, you can do up to you can do up to um two films at a time in it but it's fully automated and you can program in any process you like into that machine so it's like a, a fully automatic temperature controlled um film processor uh, that you can program yourself which basically sits on your desktop and and once i'd seen that and and, and i ordered that it, it took a while to be handmade in germany i, I think there's any there's only about 20 or 30 that he's made so far uh, since he started making them. But it's an incredible piece of kit. Wait, so, so you've got so, so you found somebody that is actually making automated film lab equipment in. in... Yes. That, that's the I, ne I had no idea anybody was still doing now i thought we i thought we were on a, a a hiding to nothing when all of these big old machines died once and for all. Absolutely. Yeah. No. So so that. You know that really spurred. That's the genesis of the lab, really. With I think without that, 
uh, you know, like you say, it would be crazy to to go from nothing to you know buying a buying a Frontier or a or a Naritsu and trying to set that up. You know, um, so this is is the ideal first stage, really, um, and it's a great piece of kit. Um, like I say, because you can you can program any single process into it and and that's what's enabled me to offer some of the more kind of uh, weird and wonderful film processes um that would otherwise be really difficult to do in a big machine so you know like black and white reversal or um cine film ecm2 process and uh, because you can tailor it down to just you know two films at a time you can do anything in it and and not waste loads of chemicals so that's really good uh, that that's awesome actually i, I i've just clinked clicked clinked clicked i even <laughs> I, on a link oh that's a there you go i've shortened two words into one i've clinked on your website um and you've actually got a picture of this thing on the on the film yeah. processing page which i hadn't seen before um even though i have been a customer of your lab i hadn't looked at the film <laughs> processing bit um that's that's great it looks like some sort of swanky hi-fi doesn't it if you replace those glass jars with valves you'd have the best hi-fi <laughs> amplifier in the world <laughs> Well, well, funny you should you should say that. Um, <laughs> I think on on the website of the film, Matt, it's got a picture of uh, his personal one next to all his vinyl records. Oh, really? <laughs> Fair enough. Good stuff. German engineering, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, yeah, ge- ge- yes, German engineering is good stuff, isn't it? But yeah. Uh, so okay, so so you've got this. Um, well, I, I try. Uh, I think our listeners should just go to silverpan.co.uk and 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 click on the link on for the film processing page and look at the the the, the, the machine. But it looks like a pretty awesome machine, and and if it's that customizable and you can do it all sorts of different for different um, uh, forms of processing, different different processes, as you say, um, that's good. I mean, I know that you know if you yeah. can do ECN two, um, uh, that's actually. You know the for for the stuff that that quite popular stuff now. You know the Cine Steel films yes. and the Kodak Vision Three stuff, uh, which does come with the rem. Well, the Cine Steel doesn't. As in the Cine Steel has the remjet removed, doesn't it? But that's right. Yeah. Um, but the Vision Three stuff still comes with remjet, and um, yeah. So that that is are, are these popular services then? These 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 uh, are, slightly yeah. niche processes. No, absolutely. I'd I'd still say probably. Um, in line with um, probably most film labs around the country, uh, C41 is is still the most popular service uh, that we offer. But yeah, there there is a, a growing demand for this ECN2 uh, processing done in in the right chemistry, um, because of course it can be processed in C41 um, once you've taken this Renjet um, layer off. But that does tend to lead uh, to slightly shifted colours, which some people like, you know. And the semi still um, film itself, when processed in C forty one, will will exhibit that. But if you process it in the the intended chemistry, you get much more kind of natural contrast and uh, and more lifelike colours as well. So it's it's good to have that option. Yeah, fantastic. So so and, and especially in in low volumes as well, because one of the yeah. issues about getting availability for those processes is that some labs will do them, but they'll only do a batch every six weeks or something like that. Whereas you sounds like you can do those you know, uh, to order, as it were. Yeah, more or less. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So, so you've got this crazy machine, <laughs> and <laughs> which was awesome, crazy, but you know, crazy, crazy machine, and you can do all, do all of these things. So, what's the what, what's the next step in in setting up a business? You've got a rather smart um, graphic design on your website and and things like that. So, there's there's a whole branding exercise, I guess, is there? Oh, yeah. That... <laughs> That all comes from a, a friend of mine, um, Johnny O'Rocket. Um, I'm, I'm a uh, kind of musician in my spare time as well. And he runs a, a record label called Rocket Recordings. And uh, but he's also a graphic designer. So in, in the past, he's uh, he's designed uh, album covers for, for my band and things like that. So, so uh, yeah, he, he helped out with the branding and, and the design. That's his work. <laughs> I thought I'd give him a shout. No, okay, fair enough. Yeah, absolutely. Very good to give credit to people for their work. <laughs> we are a creative podcast. We, as creatives, yes. we like to have credit for our work. So all good, all good there. Okay, so so this is so this takes us through to what maybe summer of of twenty eighteen, and you, you you've now got your lab set up. You've got a website. You've got a way of getting. Yeah. Um, are, are there any are there any stories to tell past that? Has it been all has it been all easy and just go sit there and wait for the orders to roll in, or have you? Uh, 
uh, you know, any, any any stories to share with us on the on the building of the business side of it? Well, it was, you know, like I say, it was quite a, a steep learning curve um, at the beginning. And I think the main uh, the main thing that I had to learn um, was the, the whole business of a lab and, and the whole business side, you know, the first kind of business I've, I've set up myself. Um, and so it's, it's things like finding finding the suppliers and, and all of that kind of business um, with, you know, finding the, the chemistry for the right prices, because obviously, you know, make making it work financially really um so making the contacts with uh, some of the bigger um suppliers such as tetanol and swains and and people like that and finding these esoteric uh, chemicals and how to buy them in bulk and uh, i think one of the first things um <laughs> i found when i set up was thinking oh i need some of those negative sleeves you know that you get from the mini labs rather than the kenro sleeves i thought i just setting these things up you just don't even know what to call them so trying to search up in google <laughs> and then eventually finding a supplier and uh, realizing that the amount that you have to buy as a as a minimum order probably lasts me 10 years <laughs> it literally came on on you know a four foot wide roll oh wow so, so i have got plenty of 120 and one three five sleeping to last the foreseeable future. So, so we can we can look forward to a new service line from Silver Power about archiving stuff. <laughs> oh yes. yes. <laughs> All right. Fair. Well, yes. I guess if you, it, yeah, it's um, so uh, it, it's it's set, setting up and and getting going and stuff like that. So then and then. So, so we've so now you've got uh, yeah clearly you know internet presence and you you've been very active on on uh, Twitter at least which is my yeah. social medium of choice um, uh, I guess maybe on some others too um, uh, and and is that I mean you know, for, you know uh, we we have a lot of interaction with the film photography community for, from this podcast because you know uh, and it's great I mean we we love the interaction we get from the community it's uh, it's it's why we do it in a lot of ways. Um, has that been a, a very positive experience for you? Oh, absolutely. I, I think, um, you know, Twitter in particular, uh, Instagram and a bit of Facebook as well. Is this Facebook is still about? Oh, right. Okay. Apparently it is. Um, <laughs> I don't use it quite as much. <laughs> but but without that, I would have no business, I think. You know, this is, I think, the reality of of setting something up in, in 2018, especially in a, a niche as small as film photography. Um, you can reach the people that are really passionate about the thing you're passionate in incredibly easy on um, social media. And I think literally probably all of my custom so far has been through those social media channels and then recommendations um, that have followed on from that. So it's it's just a fantastic community. And I, I really enjoy engaging with people um, through twitter and that is such a friendly close-knit community and, and like um Rach's tag the shoot film be nice <laughs> like at the, the awards <laughs> um last week uh you know just things like that have, have introduced me to so many interesting people um and yeah it's all very friendly and, and a good way of doing business yeah, it is. I mean, we always. Yeah, I mean, I guess we had our show last week, the Sunnies Awards, ce celebrating all the stuff that was good about the film photography community. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it is a great place to be, um, and uh, yeah, good good to be, good networks to be made with people with similar things in mind and and, and complementary things in mind as well. Yeah, yeah. So, so in in a world then. Uh, in a world where you you've got a lab and you've got you're building a community online and it's all great and it's coming out i noticed that um you've you've developed a, a, a an offering if you like what i guess what marketers would call a, di a differentiation um which is which is in big and bold in bright orange on the front of your website website yeah your film your way um bespoke film developing and scanning for photography enthusiasts from the newest uh, sorry the uk's newest specialist photo lab um i guess one day you won't be the newest so you'll have to change no, that a little I'll bit so, at some point you'll have to change that a little bit but but uh, yeah what what's the what's the thinking there then you know, what is it that you're aiming to uh, you're aiming to deliver that is uniquely yours or, or that, that makes a difference well yeah why, why is it that well, okay let's let's ask it this way why is it that our yeah. listeners should come to you to get their film developed and scanned and processed and all that sort of stuff um i think 
how when I set it up, I thought, and especially because like I say I previously mentioned the film amounts, um, but also I got hold of a um, like kind of a vintage Rolls Royce of of the scanner world, if you like, in in an Imacon flex tight scanner, which is like uh, the closest thing almost to a drum scan um, that you can get. Um, but it's very old tech, but it does extremely good quality. Uh, high quality, high resolution scans, um, but also offers the ability to um, provide a raw scan. Um, I know that when in the past, when I've, I've been sending my film out um, to lots of great labs around the country, um, no fault with them whatsoever. Um, but I always loved um, the geeky, if you like, the, the geeky bit of doing it or doing it yourself. And I, I love playing with different development techniques. I love playing with um, different scanning techniques and uh, this scanner for instance you can I can provide um, raw negative scans so you can process it any way you want so it's not baked in with with my idea of what the contrast should be or my idea of what the saturation should be so that's an option um, but also for, for example in black and white developing I mean a lot of the, the big labs have to because of the, the quantity of the film that they have to put through the lab, you know, it's it's nailed down to one developer choice, for instance. Whereas I'll, I'll tailor um, the developer to whatever film you send in. So if you want a fine grain result, I can use Ilford Perceptol, for example. Um, or you know, if you want the more gritty look, I can use Rodinol. You know, and I can I will tailor um, each film that comes in to a developer, and and you get to choose that on the website if you've got a got a, a look in mind um so it's all tailored to to what exactly what you want um and i'm more amenable to um to try anything really put you know i can, I can push film pull film um and do the more esoteric um processes such as black and white reversal mm. Yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, that it's it, it that that for me is something it, it's interesting because you know um, as I get regularly, um, I don't think I'm criticised for it regularly, but but re regularly people on the show, especially Rachel Graham, will take the piss out of me for not doing my own developing. So I really yeah. should be doing that. Really should be doing. Yeah. It. Get on and do it. Get on and do it. Actually, it's it's something that. Um, uh, is is not for me, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so, sure. to, so, but but I am interested in the different outcomes that can come from that sort of thing. So I have to admit, when I I I did um, before sending you some films, which 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 I have done for the first time, I uh, yeah. I was looking at it, reading, thinking, okay, right, well, which one of these? Are, which one of these? Are? I quickly realised that I didn't really have much of a feel for what the difference would be. <laughs> Ah, okay. Yeah. So, but but I so, so I, I I took some. There's a couple of things I I do know that I like. Um, I do know that I like something that is that that doesn't have too much of a look baked into it in terms of yeah. You know, there's so much contrast or so much this that or the other that it can't be resolved. And I also do like to have uh scans in TIFF files rather than JPEG, yeah. so that you're not losing any um information unnecessarily uh, but basically because i like to get something back from a lab where i i can reasonably print an eight by ten um without having to go back for specialist negative scanning right so i want to get something of sufficient quality for that um and 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 i have to say um yeah the the files that you sent me back were great i really like what you did with them so thank you um but it's uh so what is it that are some of the uh, uh, uh some of the interesting requests from customers that you've had that you know is there is there a theme coming out of it you know is it does it uh, and you know does everybody want their slides cross-processed or is it yeah which, which i guess would be fairly normal wouldn't it sorry dumb dumb example but no um, you, you know what i haven't had a single <laughs> i haven't had a single e6 in for cross-processing have you so not far. all right yeah, okay lots of e6 in but uh, they, they all want it uh, as standard <laughs> oh okay well so that was a poor example then but have you have you got have you had any uh way out there requests for doing things differently or are there people and we hear a lot about people who love to shoot um yeah hp5 and then push it two stops or four, three stops or oh, whatever yes. like that do you get a lot of that sort of thing oh yeah I get quite, quite a lot of um lot of requests for pushing pushing film and pushing c41 film as well um which uh 
can work for a couple of stops, especially something like Portra 400 pushes really well if you want to shoot it in low light. Mm. I think probably the, the strangest one um, request I had recently um, was someone had found on eBay some really ancient, I think it was Russian film from the early 80s, um, along with its own special developer which I think there's some sort of variant of an old Agfa process or a, or a, or a Sfema process. And it says, hmm, if I send you this packet of chemicals through the post and some film, um, would you mix it up and develop it for me? <laughs> so uh, that hasn't been sent in yet. But that's the kind of request. <laughs> I suspect I the get. police might be looking out for Russian chemicals being posted. I but... know, I know, yeah. But most of the time, I'm like, Yes, you know, you come to the right place. Uh, I'm I'm more than willing to to kind of take that kind of work on. Um, I've had quite a few fan film come through the door. Um, people that have found, you know, old rolls of film that have been lost in grandma's camera. And I've developed quite a lot of 50-year-old verochrome pan and things like that with uh, some very grainy pictures of someone's family on, which is lovely, you know. Uh, people have found those pictures again if if i remember rightly the was it graham was it the very first sunny 16 was called something like something about a found grandma wasn't it no <laughs> such thing as a free grandma no such thing as a free grandma there we go that was the name of our first ever show i can't remember if that was show number one or show zero but, uh, that was that was show number one. Yeah. It's surprising we didn't leap to immediate prominence with classic <laughs> show titles like that. <laughs> but it but it's true. I mean, yeah, Graham and I, you, I know you have experience of this, don't you, Rachel? I don't know about if you have experience of this of a found film where you, you, there's always somebody's family on the found film. Mm, yeah, it's great, and I always love it when people um, send me pictures that they found of uh, grandmas on their found film. I still get them every now and again, and I always love them. <laughs> Great grandma, yeah. There's a zine in there somewhere, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, definitely a good one, a good zine. Yeah, nothing quite like a grandma for soaking up those last few frames of film. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so oh wow, so I mean, it sounds like uh, sounds like you've had a, a lot of fun uh, as well as probably yeah. loads and loads of challenges, Duncan, in, in setting up. Uh, and and so, congratulations on on setting up successfully and. Yeah, I know you're not even quite a, a, a year old yet as a lab, mm. um, but you certainly you certainly seem to be on your way. So, uh, yeah, have, have you got a, a forward look at stuff you want to be achieving in 2019? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that the next step, as with anything with, you know, like a, a beginner's a small business, really, I'm, I'm just trying to find um, that kind of middle ground between the amount of custom that I'm getting in and the amount that I can get out when it's just kind of me on my own. So I think the next step is looking for perhaps bigger premises and um, uh, perhaps investing in a faster scanner, um, maybe one of the new the newer Imacon models, which um, will kind of improve the, the speed of my turnaround and things like that. Um, so I think that's the, that's the next kind of big leap, if you like, is, uh, is just building that, but not building it too quick um, mm. you know can, it's, it's that cusp moment if you like can I ask a quick question I wondered if um I saw that um obviously on your on your website you say that you look at doing perhaps slide e6 um processing maybe once you know every couple of weeks um or more than that if you've got more film and I wondered if so far have you seen there be um an increase in that you know with ectochrome and what have you yeah, absolutely. Um, that, that information might be a bit out of date on the website um, in that now, yeah, I'm getting quite a lot of E6 in and I'm kind of mm. I'm processing it almost, well, daily or, or twice wow. or twice a week at least. Um, so it, initially I thought, oh, I'm going to, you know, mix up a, a, a batch of chemistry and oh, I might not have any for two weeks. So, mm. you know, it might go off, but I haven't found that at all. I've found that actually there's quite a big demand for E6, which is great because X-Chrome is, is really good. You know, so uh, that's interesting. That is because mm. I, I, I bought my I've bought my first roll of slide film in the last week. I think it, it in fact it arrived today. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh so, wow so yes i what am did that, you buy uh, i i bought new ectochrome actually you mm. bought new ectochrome yeah. i thought Very I'd, nice. thought i'd give it a try um uh, yes it's uh, uh so uh yeah it's um 
it, I guess if if even I'm shooting slide film, because <laughs> I'm reasonably well known for not shooting anything other than C41, but um, it, it's, uh, it, yeah, I thought I'd give it a try and see what's what. So I, I guess maybe if uh, even Luddites like me are doing it, then maybe maybe there's mileage in it, this this funny coloured slide film <laughs> thing. It's <laughs> so. good to know at least one sunbeam is shooting with the ectochrome. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know, because so, so as we record this, of course, at this time of year in the UK, um, there's not a lot of colour to capture, is there? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so it may stay in the fridge. Well, it's a, a portrait. It's a portrait balance film, though, isn't it? It's not so mm. much. It's not like Velvia. We like, oh, I need lots of colour and landscapey stuff. It's not really meant for that. I, I think the problem is that maybe because Velvia has been just, I don't know, the kind of go-to think of a slide film, Velvia, which yeah. is a landscape shooting film primarily because of the you know, really strong colours. But we so we have that instant of thinking, well, if it's a slide film, it must be providing you know colours in that ilk. But no, this one is definitely balanced more towards shooting people than um, shooting just stuff. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I um, in fact, I shot a roll over Christmas, just you know, Christmas family pictures with flash, even, and you know, they turned out you know really natural color, similar to to Provia as well. Another good mm. color slide film. Mm. Yeah. Well, certainly taking photographs of people and using flash is is something that is uh, definitely on uh, uh, on my top list of things to do. Um, although I, I have been experimenting more with. Uh, uh with, with constant lights over over the holidays but um yeah okay so i can even use this ectochrome stuff then can we flash can i that's interesting yeah there you go get out and get flashing i'm sure there's, i'm sure there's some great examples of people who've already been doing it um duncan a yeah. thing i really wanted to ask about because um i love the horrors of life and i'm <laughs> just trying to imagine that step because speaking of somebody who home develops and yeah. with a reasonable degree of um, frequency, uh, messes things up um, and yeah. has things go real bad um, to like, oh, there's no pictures on this at all. Real bad, like literally black. Yeah. When it's my film, that's OK. And on a couple of occasions, I've developed roles of film for um, friends. And I've always been quite nervous about that. How do you make a step from doing, well, I'm just doing this for myself to, oh, I'm going to take in people's precious, precious film. Yeah. And not just take their money from them, but take all of this time and effort and artistry that they put into these little bundles of magic. Um, and I might just ruin them. Uh, one, how did you find the balls to take that step? And two, have you ruined anybody's film yet? <laughs> <laughs> OK, I'll put my hand up. In, yes, in, in the early days, I did have a bit of a disaster in um, the old uh, changing bag film sweats. Uh, shall we say we've all been there oh yeah yeah yep. it's difficult <laughs> definitely <laughs> so so I've, I've had that issue before um yeah you know you've just got to be when the stakes happen you just got to be up front and and you know <laughs> apologize to the customer and offer them their money back mm. um, luckily it, it's been an extremely rare occasion <laughs> that that's happened I, I think one of the um the, the main thing i find as well is when it's your own film and you know and you know what to expect on the on the pictures you can instantly make a judgment oh okay yeah that, that's what i did there but quite often you'll get filmed back and then you'll think oh was it really meant to be that underexposed or something like that so then you know you, you get in a conversation because i'm still a small business you know i can get in a direct conversation with the customer and and quite a few have, have come to me for advice and, you know, I've been able to diagnose things like people's shutter curtains not working properly on the cameras and things like that. So it's it's just good to to start these conversations with people. But, yeah, mm. it's definitely is nerve wracking um, at times and you think, oh, you know, concentrate, <laughs> you know, but luckily so far it's been quite a reliable system. Yeah. Do you, I mean, the, the two other labs that we've been um, lucky enough to talk to over the last couple of years are probably, I would imagine, the two biggest or certainly two of the biggest, if not two biggest labs in the country, which are Ilford yeah. and um, Ag. And yes. they, from talking to them, they obviously, they have such rigorous and rigid um, systems in place for checking and going through the chemicals and, you know, this yeah 
just constant monitoring that we map from um, ag in particular would say you know explain to us all the different steps and how frequently they're doing clip testing i mean it's incredible now um obviously because of the way that you're doing this you're not doing dozens and dozens or hundreds of rolls of one type in one go but i mean how does that work for you on the smaller scale well well absolutely i think that's one of the benefits um of the smaller scale um might change if, if it ever gets scaled up but um, because the machine takes so little chemistry i'm able to basically mix and use fresh chemistry each time um certainly with black and white and uh, the the C41 chemistry um, gets checked every time before uh, 500 mils gets put into the machine for pH and gravity. Um, so I've got those specs from Kodak that I can check check across. Um, but because you're only kind of, you're replenishing constantly and you're using such small amounts of chemicals, um, there's only one or two films going through at one time. So it's quite easy then to make sure that it's in spec every time you put a film in yeah i mean obviously although you started out i have started out with this great you know the film amount looks fantastic it looks super cool and i want one um but yeah. i'm not going to get one because they're not super cheap um they're unsurprisingly cheap. No. um i mean compared to i guess the you know the the, the old lab units that you're talking about you know uh, orders of magnitude cheaper than that but still there's a significant investment required yeah. um and how easy has it been so far to uh, recoup that investment? And, and I suppose going forward, you, you've talked a couple of times now about scaling the business. Um, how, aside from the scanning thing, which oh, we can get a faster scanner, but um, how easy is it going to be to scale the business with the equipment that you've got at the moment? I, I think that's, uh, yeah, that's my biggest challenge at the moment. And I'm talking... Um... Uh, to a friend who, who does business, who's um, into business, um, to to work that out really because I want to. I'm conscious that in the future I want to grow the business, but keep that um, focus on customer service and and offering the little specialist the specialist services. And um, without you know the the next leap, if you like, is, is buying like the the big old fashioned huge processing machines. But mm. then you're kind of limited to. Uh, just doing C41 in it, for instance, because, you know, you can't really change it. So I think the next step is perhaps to invest in more of similar machinery. So perhaps a Jobo um, um, processor in addition, which can which is also flexible and can kind of double your workflow and is also semi um, automated and keep both running at the same time. Because um, I think I want to I want to stay at that kind of level where I can offer the personalized service um, opposed to, you know, suddenly getting in 150 rolls a day or something crazy like, you know, the big labs must mm -hmm. do. I'm not ready to grow to that size yet. Well, I mean, we didn't really talk about, um, but your background in photography, you said you've always been into photography, but yeah. I mean, has the has this side of it always been a particular passion for you? Because I mean, I would really hope so. Now that you're kind of saddling yourself <laughs> with doing an awful lot of developing, I enjoy doing it sometimes, but I don't think I want to be up every morning and go, oh, let's get those chemicals out. <laughs> yeah, no, I've, I've I've always I've always been a bit of a geek, I suppose, and I've, I've always been into that technical side of things. I I, I love photography, um, but I've never. I've never had the passion to become, say, a professional photographer. I did a friend's wedding once on film on a Bronica, and uh, <laughs> that was possibly the most stressful thing I've ever done in my life. I'm sure hey, don't Rachel you speak ill of the Bronica? I love my Bronica. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm quite happy, um, yeah, delving into the, the the geeky technical details, and mm -hmm. yeah, that I've always loved being in the darkroom and the magic of you know, printing at home or whatever and seeing the picture developing, you know, in the tray. That's that got me from teenage years really. So I love that actually the the bit that I hate the most really uh, about the about it is the scanning part. So yeah. uh, the thing that you found the most stressful, obviously doing the weddings and things, is something that I'm like, yay, lots yeah. of fun. Um, you and don't the find scanning that stressful part, at all, do you, right? Well, no, not at all. Um, <laughs> but the scanning part is something that I just I just can't be doing with. It it just always annoys me. It never comes out how I would like it to. And I like the fact that you 
you have the option to just do the scanning of of yeah. already processed as well. I think that's um that's really nice to have that option as well. Yeah, definitely, and I quite enjoy the scanning, but I would li- I would like something that was a bit faster. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I quite enjoy, especially um, colour neg and yeah, inverting the negatives and yeah, I'm God, I'm, I'm a, sound quite boring really. <laughs> I'm into all these geeky details. Given the very hands-on process and the way that you do, you're in, very much in contact with the people who you're doing stuff for, and you were talking earlier about the um, different choices of developer for black and white and stuff like this, um, are you likely to venture into printmaking at all? Because that seems like it's the kind of a lot of the same requirements we needed to find out all what people want. Is that a thing you've got any interest in pursuing? No, absolutely, and like I say, it's it's one for the future with with bigger premises. I've got a very very sad looking black and white enlarger in the darkroom at the moment, but my darkroom is uh, so full up with the other gear that it hasn't even been switched on in months and months. Um, but I think one of the future things I would really like to to be able to offer color prints um, again, you know, with silver gelatin color prints it, it involves investing in in much bigger quite old um quite industrial machinery so that is on the horizon but not not for a few years yet i wouldn't think can i ask one i mean this might be a trade secret that you don't want to share <laughs> but you 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 you've talked about you do deal with um some of the cine films have you got any good tips for dealing with remjet because i uh... I know that there's loads of information out and I've read loads of stuff, but <laughs> Remjets. And I, I, I know I know some Wazak that bought like uh, hundred, hundreds of meters worth of tungsten balance film. What a chump. Um, but, asking yeah. for a friend. Asking for a friend. I mean, he's not a good friend because hashtag no thickies. But um, yeah, any tips for dealing with Remjet? Well, I, I found it fairly easy um, to Burn deal it. with it. As, yeah. <laughs> as long as you've got no like, don't honestly just in case anybody <laughs> took that seriously fire to your film first it would be very <laughs> flammable <laughs> um, but like a slightly alkaline solution um i think you know even sodium bicarbonate or or you know with a, with a bit of washing soda as well um can do as a home method and just i before you start processing just soak it in that for about 30 seconds um, then give it some very vigorous shaking, pour out. It should come out, the, the black remjet should come out with that. Um, really? And then rinse, um, give it a good rinse, um, you know, six or seven seven rinses after that to make sure that all the alkaline solution is, is gone before you start developing. And then I find that at the end of the process, when you take the film out of the, out of the tank, hang it up, um, wet uh, uh, a microfiber cloth with a bit of water and just make sure you wipe only down the back side of the film and the very last bit of remjet should come off with about three or four wipes but it's important not to wipe the emulsion side and uh, then you should be all, you should be all done then do you say that so easy about just the act of just wiping down one side of a whole roll of film how do you, i mean <laughs> that was where i went a bit wrong i suspect um <laughs> But uh, the other thing you mentioned earlier, which I would really be interested to hear more about, because I don't think it's the thing we've ever talked about on the show before, is black and white reversal film. Um, I had, uh, I, I can't remember where I picked it up, but somewhere on the lines, I had a, a role of um, Agfa, I think it is Agfa Scala, is that right? Yeah. That's and so right. I ha- and um, I think I passed it on to Papstick. I can't remember. Um, maybe it was. I, I, I think I definitely passed it on to some other lucky soul because like, yeah. I'm never going to use it because I'm never going to figure it out. Um, can Can you talk about what black and white reversal film is? Why it is historically such a problem for developing, and, and how you're getting on with it? Yeah, sure. I'm, I mean, the thing that maybe not everyone knows about is that most black and white films can be treated as a reversal film um, so it's all down really to the silver content and the how clear the base is so some films are better than others but in the past obviously you've got films like Ag for Scalar and now Adox um, have, have reinvented Scalar again um, and, and they're specifically made for reversal processing so they've got a, a clear base so you can transmit the light through um, 
but yeah it's an interesting process because uh, there's there's not many labs that offer it um there are home kits available um but it's it's not very well documented so so each film the same as black and white negative i suppose will have a specific time that you have to find out yourself <laughs> to be the optimum time in the first developer to get a, a well exposed uh, slide with, with true black and white so that takes that's a very fiddly process to find that time um if you like but the, but it's a fairly quick process after that there's a new bath called a bleach bath which basically takes all the silver off the film you've just developed and then you expose it to light um, which reverses in, in the same way that um, an E6 reversal would do really and then you redevelop um, the image that you've just exposed to the light um, with with another uh, another black and white developer they normally use quite strong developers like a paper developer for that um, but yeah so it's it's a variable um, process. It takes a lot of testing to get the times down. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm having quite a few people sending that in. I think the interesting thing is, is like FOMA offer a reversal film, as do ADOX, but they don't, um, ADOX don't offer their own kit for it. So you have to kind of work out the process yourself, which is, <laughs> again, is interesting to me, but okay. You you clearly enjoy the um, mad scientist part of all yeah. this. <laughs> is, is is there anything that either through your past experiences with it or just what you've heard on the grapevine that you kind of don't want to see <laughs> flopping through onto your doormat? Are there any films that you found to be particularly um, temperamental uh, or difficult to get reliable, good results from? Or, or maybe just because they're new. I know when um, the Ferrania P30 came out, you yeah. know, a lot of people were trying different things and getting very varied results with stuff. How, how do you deal with stuff like that? I, I think the, the ones that uh, I struggled with recently um, were the new Washi films, um, which are great films, you know, really interesting experimental films. Um, but the, again, there's... Um, kind of limited information out there about the right processes so um so some of them are extreme high contrast and it's again it's dialing down the processes but uh, the guys from film washi were, were really good with um setting me on um track for some some starting points for that film so that was that was good but yeah i get all sorts um copy film lith film and you think how am i going to develop that in extol <laughs> you know so you just it's it's experimentation and research um and talking to the customer yeah it's difficult i suppose when you've only got maybe one role or something to try out yeah uh um it doesn't give you a lot of margin for error does it do no. you spend much time doing um your own research on your own stuff or, or are you because of time limitations just working with what comes in doing clip tests that kind of thing i think one of the good things about in in, in the lab is because there's so, so it's, it's such a good time for film and there's so many new films coming out that you pretty quickly get to see examples of a big wide range of different films that you might not have tried yourself um and then you know the ones <laughs> ones that work well you then go and do some more tests but i've certainly like I said, I've certainly tested out all of the different reversal films. And like you mentioned, the Ferrania, I've done some tests with that and some of the more esoteric ones. Yeah, I get, I get a stash up um, in advance and test with them so I know when they're coming in. I have had an M with, I think, three rolls of film waiting to go to you for, at this point, uh, let's conservatively say four months. <laughs> Might be more like six. I don't know. I'm not. But part of the reason I didn't post when it was in my mind was because one of the roles the film that was in there was a role of 110 film. And I said, oh, Duncan, I've got these things to send to you. You're good for 110, right? And you went, no. No. Why, <laughs> Why are you a 110 racist? What's going on with that? <laughs> I've got a roll of 110 that I shot two years ago and it's still in the freezer. <laughs> you see, you're even shooting yourself in the foot. I know. And the, the, the simple issue is is that um, the machine uses uh, Jobo reels and they, they, you can't get... Now, I think you could in the past and occasionally you'll see them on eBay, but you can't get ones that will ratchet down to 16mm to do 110. So... 
my reels are all too wide to take 110 film. <laughs> I can scan it, um, but unfortunately I can't process it. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the only format I can't really do. I can do 127, but not 110. <laughs> I feel like you need to speak to the chap at Filmo, Matt, and say, look, <laughs> help a dude out here. <laughs> Sounds like, a job, sounds like a job for Hamish to go and manufacture something, actually. I think so, yeah. <laughs> That's a very good idea. That's a very good idea. I mean, you know, he's bumbling along quite well now um, with his um, pixelator, so yeah. about time he took something else. Really. Well, he's done, he, yeah, he's, he, he's got his manufacturing all sorted out, hasn't he? So, um, yeah. There you go, you see. Yeah, he certainly has. Um, I'm just trying to think, is it any other... Cause I, there's so many things about all of the things that you're doing uh, that one, I think are fantastic. And two, I just think, Oh my goodness, <laughs> who thinks this is a good idea in 2019. Um, but, but I'm so glad um, that, that you are doing it. Um, is there anything about the business that you're moment that if you could wave your magic wand and just change one thing to make life simpler, uh, what, what would it be? What is the one thing that is really sticking in your crawl with this at the moment? Um, oh, someone to take all the film back to the post office. <laughs> the nearest post office is three miles away. I'm in the middle of developing. It's like, oh, I've got to get the last post now. So uh, uh, my personal postman and postwoman, please. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. That's, yeah. That sounds good. It sounds, sounds like, um, you know, uh, in some ways, a good problem to have. I've got so so many customers, so much business coming through the door. <laughs> yeah. You need to get a pigeon loft or something and then just yes. sort of attach each little roll to the leg. I'll send them <laughs> off, off they go. Bye. <laughs> you, you can do you that from home. That would be great. Now, that would be a unique selling point. It, it sure would, wouldn't it? Right, like copyright pigeon. that. <laughs> you know what would be one, and, and actually, whilst you're on the show, it seems it seems great to ask you this and get you to explain it rather than me try and do it uh, next week. Um, people who listen to the backing paper show and in particular people who listen to the most recent backing paper show will have heard the wonderful new intro and outro music, which is provided by your band or the band that you are part of uh, Schnauzer. Um, and it's yes. very good. And thank you very much for letting us use it. Um, and the track is caught now. What was the track called? Is it a, uh, Remortgaging the nest of hairs. And that's a very strange title. Could you tell us a bit about the title and the song? Ah, oh, you've led me into this, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's an I mean... instrumental mainly. Um, yeah, we're a bit of a, a, a weirdo kind of poppy prog band. I play keyboards in it, um, but that particular song was named after a particularly painful operation. Um, that our singer went through involving his rear quarters. <laughs> <laughs> That's been beautifully put. Well done. Uh, I can't think of a better rapper for the backing papers, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> well, it brings to mind one of the alternative names for backing paper, I suppose. <laughs> Exactly. Uh... So okay, so so uh, it's at this point actually, Duncan, in it, it, when we have guests on the show that that Graham usually um, digs into the dubious internet history uh, of our guests, and um, I, I, I think it's probably with your musical background, I think there's probably a fair amount to aim at, isn't there? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Is that is that is that that safe territory for for this conversation? Yeah, just to, oh, to round out the character of the interviewee, you know. <laughs> why why not? Yeah. <laughs> go go on, Negroim. Do your worst. Well, no, no, no. I mean, for starters, I would just definitely say, and I think I said this on the show last night. Yeah. Everyone should check out <laughs> Schnauzer because um, your music's on um, Spotify and on Bandcamp, yeah. and it's well worth a look. Um, but also, you know, we were talking to Duncan about his great social media presence, and he failed to mention MySpace because Duncan's got MySpace. So if you oh, search for, for Lord Gammonshire. Lord Gammonshire on MySpace. You will find some lovely pictures uh, of Duncan in his youth and his band. Definitely um, in my youth. <laughs> very much in his youth, yes. Um, and uh, definitely well worth a look. Um, but yeah, the, the Schnauzer's music is lovely. Uh, it's very... It's all over the map. I, he, he's weird and wonderful and every song is very different from the other... Um, but and it's perfect it's, for backing paper, isn't it? 
It oh, is. Thanks, yes. <laughs> I, I, I mean, a song which is literally about a pain in the ass could not be suited. And part of the reason we were talking about the Welsh stuff in the beginning is because that's where you, you started off your music career was in Wales, which is that's uh, right. hence the And Oh, uh, yes. I should apologise to Wel- uh, Welsh, to the Welsh. <laughs> <laughs> I should apologise to the Welsh because I was I was misled into thinking that that was the word for microwave, and it turns out it's an urban legend. So yes, thank you very much for um, uh, correcting that. And yes, I would like to um, um, what's the word? Um, uh, submit a subtraction, a retraction yeah. <laughs> of that. So uh, apologies to everybody or anybody who I have. Um, so, so, so what 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 you've learned here, Rach, is not the Welsh word for microwave. It's an important life lesson in gullibility, isn't it? <laughs> you've, you've, you've learned the, the phrase you need is "mind which means okay. I'm very sorry. Um, and take heart, listeners, that whilst "popty ping" might not be the actual Welsh for microwave, um, "spigoglis" is the Welsh for spinach. So enjoy that and. Um, <laughs> And a an Aaron Glanog, I'm just reading this now, is uh, the Welsh peach, and is literally translated as woolly plums. So, on that note, <laughs> okay. So says the man with a GCSE in Welsh. Well, there we, there we go. Who knew? Who knew? Who knew? Woolly plums. We're all we're all learning a lot this evening. Um, <laughs> uh, yes, and so, so some of it I don't think I can unlearn either. Unfortunately. <laughs> Where's the unlearn button, Aid? Oh, I just, yes, I think I pressed the big unlearn button about 15 years ago, and I, I think I unlearned pretty much everything at that point, uh, which is which is why I always mu- only ever muddle through these days. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. So uh, well, okay. So we we've talked uh, uh, a lot uh, about um, uh, Duncan's business. So if I when we get to the point where I say, Duncan, where would you like our listeners to go and find your work? Clearly, your a lot of your work currently is at silverpan.co.uk, uh, yes. which of course is the main website for the lab. Um, and yes, and we've even mentioned your uh, yes, your, your Spotify, your, your Bandcamp, your um, <laughs> my, MySpace. MySpace account. Oh, <laughs> so, uh, are you? Are you uh, is, is there is there a, a twenty nine future for for the band? What was it? Yeah, twenty nineteen. I should say future for the band. It's, uh... Yeah, we're just um, just recording our our next album at the moment. Uh, don't know when it will be out. Um, but yeah, that's that's the next musical project for 2019. <laughs> okay, so you're looking at a busy year then, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In a good way. It sounds like a good. It sounds like you're having good fun with it, although. It is fun. It's great fun. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I tell you what. Um. That, yeah. Thank you for coming on the show. That that's that's been great. Um. Yeah, it'd been great to talk to you. Great to hear the story about how it is that one manages to start a film lab in 2018, which is. 19 oh no you started in 2018 apologies that'd be quite that'd be quite quick we're only two weeks in (laughs) two weeks (laughs) two weeks two weeks in and everything yes everything's going well good excellent so um does uh, i tell you what rach you haven't had a chance to ask many questions uh, of duncan Uh, Mm. or even even is there a sort of musician to musician thing going like conversation to be had there or anything like that no Uh, maybe not the music side of things just um it was it was great to have your track for backing paper thank you very much for submitting that that's lovely um i was wondering are you going to uh be coming along to the photography show this year do you think oh i haven't really thought about that the birmingham one is, mm, it, yeah. is it april coming up it's in march 16th till the 19 uh 16th till the 19th i think of march yeah that weekend yeah yeah, and for the last I couple of years, it sat alongside Comic Con as well, so it's always, always, mm. always plenty to see there. <laughs> plenty to see, because yes. uh, we'll be going along there, won't we, guys, um, on the Saturday, uh, so on the sixteenth, I believe. And uh, yeah, it would just be uh, it'd be nice to uh, to see as many people there as uh, as are able to make it. That'd cool. be really. We're doing the Saturday this year, are we? I Excellent. believe so. Cool. Yes. I, 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 excellent. Good stuff. It works for me. We can tell. I can tell you were in the pub when we had that conversation, can't you? <laughs> well, no no we took we did no we did talk about it didn't we yes but uh yes. but 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 we were in a pub but we were well, yes although although i think uh, actually not all of us driving but i was certainly driving that day but it's uh but it's uh it, it's not that it's because i am a bear of very little brain you know 
<laughs> and and uh, that's my line and I'm sticking to it. Yeah. <laughs> I was listening honest. <laughs> it's it's not yeah. the listening I have problem with, it's the retention I have a problem with. That's... Yeah, but no, we will be there on the Saturday. And it would be lovely to see you there, Duncan. It would be lovely to see everybody yeah. there. And obviously, especially anybody, if if and it's highly unlikely because I don't think it happens at all often, but if Duncan has messed up on the Aurora's film and you want to turn up in person <laughs> and punch him on the nose, what an opportunity that could be. I'll be wearing my special wig. <laughs> You'll fit right in at Comic Con then next door. Yes. Yes, excellent stuff. All right, cool. Well, well, as I say, thank you very much for coming on the show. It's been great to talk to you. Um, uh, all our listeners should go and see uh, the Silver Pan Lab. It sounds like there's there's the, a lot, especially for people who maybe are not into uh, doing their own developing, but have an interest in in the experimental side of it. it sounds like there's a lot to be gained from working with Silver Pan Lab. And um, wish you uh, the very best of luck uh, for 2019. And I hope that 2019 is, is as positive for you as the start for the business in 2018. Well, thanks very much. And thanks for having me on the show. It's been real fun. Oh, well, Great. Absolutely. Glad, yeah. glad you've enjoyed it. Glad you've enjoyed it. So uh, now it turns out that um, we have started this show and now come to the end of it without any of us doing any show notes. So um, any volunteers for trying to guide us out of this thing? <laughs> Oh, good grief. 134 shows. Aid, come on, you can do this. I believe in you. Just, you know, feel the force. I will give it a shot. I will give it my best shot. So, first of all, is there any other business? Rach? Uh, No, I think we're good. We're good for this week. Thank you very much. Uh, No, I've got my woolly plums out there. I'm all good. Thank you. Okay, didn't need to hear that or the mental <laughs> image that came along with it. Um, all right, another thing I can't unlearn for today. Uh, right, so it has been show 134 of the Sunny 16 podcast. Um, you can find us on the internet, Sunny 16 podcast, pretty much everywhere. Although I don't think we've got a MySpace page. We should probably start <laughs> one of those, shouldn't we? Can you can you still even start? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, still going. Uh, probably... Well, Tom will be your friend. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take what I can get. Okay, uh, but we are out there. Uh, you can send us a mail, sunny16podcast at gmail.com. You can, of course, go to our website, sunny16podcast.com, which I'm sure by now has got our blog post associated with the Winners of the Sunny Awards and all their acceptance speeches, has it, Graham? It certainly has, uh, he says, assuming I'll definitely have done it by this time. <laughs> excellent very very glad to hear it indeed uh and you can of course get us on the social medias uh graham you're looking after the twitter i think uh yeah well i mean looking after seems like strong language but i'm definitely there occasionally <laughs> certainly got your tone of voice at the moment so. yeah i've been apologizing for you today Ed, after you said mean things about em and hamish's podcast so i've been i didn't to deal say anything about him I, I i remain strictly anonymous Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, some people managed to, you know, somehow figure out that puzzle. But oh, anyway, I haven't yeah. been on Twitter today. Is there a bit of a Twitter storm waiting for me? Have you heard of Jeremy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, hi, Jeremy. Yep, <laughs> definitely. And hi, Hamish and Em as well. It's all in jest, boys. And anyway, after listening to the podcast, where we were actually Graham and you, Graham, you and I were much maligned on that on that podcast from Hamish and Em. Exactly. So turnabout is fair play. Yeah, I think so. Rach, you were—they—they they bigged you up big, yeah, a lot, Rach. That's, uh, they're very, Excellent. they're big fans of yours, Hamish. You know, so um, <laughs> less so of me and Graham, I think. <laughs> I mean, it's fair enough. It is fair enough, absolutely. At least they've got the, at least they got it right. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, you can get. Uh, so where are we? Oh, we were closing the show. Yes, yes. Uh, Graham is on the twitters, uh, and I'm on Twitter as well. But usually on uh, just under eight nine six eight, which is my Twitter handle. Uh, Rachel, you're out there too, of course, on Twitter. And mm-hmm. are you looking after Facebook? We've had a few Facebook messages this week. That's right. When we get some Facebook messages in, sometimes I send them over to you guys so that we can check on things if um, if there's queries and questions and things. Um, as much as as I'm able to, I, I do try and keep uh, keep an eye on that and obviously post any links to various things that seem interesting or might be of interest to uh, to the group. And yes, on Twitter. Obviously, um, you can find me as Little Vintage Photography. My Twitter handle is Vintage Photo Co. 
now. Absolutely, yes. And and uh, yeah, congratulations for being. And I'm going to get this wrong because I haven't got it on the screen in front of me. You were you were your your photography, your wedding photography mm. was put in a yes. top ten list. That's wasn't right. It, yes, this week? Um, it was uh, for. The International Wedding Photographer of the Year 2018 Awards, which is pretty awesome. So Ooh. I got top 10 in the yeah. film photography catalogue. Um, I uh, I kind of submitted it on a, in a fit of what the hell-itis um, <laughs> um, at one point last year when I got very um, frustrated with myself and, and what have you. And um, Graham was just saying, look, Rachel, you just got to get your work out there more. And so I thought, oh, I'll sort it. I'll just put it into... What's the biggest one I can find? International Wedding Photographer of the Year. So I did that. And then, and and then the I was top like, 10. what? <laughs> yeah, so top 10 in the film um, uh, photography category, which is, it was brilliant because actually um, that was a new category this year. And it was just awesome when I saw that. I thought, well, that seemed like a sign really to um, to at least just submit and as they say you have to be in it to win it so it was I didn't win but um I did get my top 10 place so I was very pleased about that because that's a global thing so um I'm pretty sure. and very well deserved Rach very well, thank well deserved. you very much thank you congratulations uh, so yeah. that's good yeah so uh, and I'm sure we've got who's on the Instagram at the moment then Graham uh, Eric is looking after it's, the Instagram uh, Okay, hi, and, Eric, yes. Yep, and Matthew is keeping our website, uh, all the book, the posts on the website for the um, shows go up on there, and doing some strong work, some st- strong, amusing <laughs> Photoshop work. Um, always worth a look to see the pictures that accompany the shows each week. Um, <laughs> he's very much off the reins there, and um, we need to find a way to maybe get, get him back on those reins, but who has the time? <laughs> he has a dive indeed okay oh, we should well, do it so, sorry aid i know you were go. just about to close the show but i thought uh, a very quick reminder that um obviously we're doing the cheap shots challenge at the moment um we're in the um the theme of fashion so just to uh, keep going out there and getting your shots taken um ready to uh, send over and we will obviously talk them through on backing paper yeah okay well uh, i'm totally all over that me too excellent i'm glad we got that all agreed right (laughs) okay and on that note uh folks uh we are going to play you out now uh with music from rocker rach's band and you can get their album promises i should have kept on amazon spotify itunes Mm -hmm. excellent i can remember the credits um as always it has been an honor and a privilege to talk to you all we will be back next week goodbye goodbye bye